heart of every man craves a great adventure, but life doesn't usually feel that way. Jesus speaks of narrow gates and wide roads, but the masculine journey is filled with many twists and turns. So how do we keep from losing heart while trying to find the good way when life feels more like a losing battle than something worth dying for? Grab your gear and come on a quest with your band of brothers who will serve as the guides in what we call the masculine journey. The Masculine Journey starts here, now. Welcome to The Masculine Journey. We are glad you're with us today. And it is really, it, it was really nice last weekend to be out of the studio. Did you guys enjoy that? We did. And what a, what a wonderful reception we had at Heritage Woods. There's some amazing people out there. Yeah, it was like, and I mean this very, very respectfully, but it was like going to a place where there was a lot of grandparents. It was really pretty cool. <laughs> It was nice. <laughs> they were pinching Sam's cheeks like there was no tomorrow. <laughs> they were pink as they could be. <laughs> I just, the fan club that Robbie got from all the single ladies. <laughs> if you didn't get a chance to listen to last week's show, I'd encourage you to go on and listen to it at maskandjourneyradio.org and really listen to the stories that kind of came through that day, not only at Mask and Journey Radio, but at Christian Car Guy, at Kingdom Pursuits. We spent the day out there and really got to hear just some little snips, uh, snippets of some really cool stories that we'd love to have the opportunity to dig into more down the road about what's happened in people's lives and uh, how God's used their passions and different things like that. So I'm not going to spoil it for you. Go back. I, and I have my doubts about this show, uh, Sam. That's why I keep talking. I'm a little <laughs> dallying this show. We, uh, this show is a, is a good show uh, as compared to all the other good shows. Are but you we saying did, it's good to doubt? <laughs> I didn't say what the show was yet, but the show is on doubt. The question at hand, should Christians doubt is it okay for christians to have doubts now there's some circles that would say no you just need to have more faith if you had faith greater than a mustard seed mustard seed you can move a mountain right and so it's should christians have doubts al what do you think should they have doubts if you could clarify what kind of doubts are we talking well, we'll get to that in a minute, but answer my question first. Should, <laughs> should Christians have doubts? I think it's perfectly normal for people to have doubts. I think that um, everybody's gone through different periods of their time where they're not as strong in, faith as they, in their faith as they need to be. But that, that's how it grows. I think you hit the nail on the head. So, Robbie, is it a sin to doubt? Well, I think it can lead to that, but one of the, the key elements in our walk is recognizing, you know, the, the scary part for me is when I'm walking in doubt and I don't recognize it, it's at the point that I recognize it that I can turn and, and try to check under the hood, as, as Todd would say, and see if there's a way that I can lead back into faith at that point. And I, that's one of the exciting things about this show for me is what a journey it is to go from this point of doubt to where you're like doubting Thomas himself saying, oh, my Lord and my God, when you really, really, oh, okay, now I get it. And the light comes on. Yeah, unfortunately, we don't have a doubt gauge on the <laughs> dashboard. You do have to lift the hood to kind of see what's going on. Because it would really help us to see that. And now you talked a little bit about, you know, are there different types of doubt? And up until recently, when I heard a good friend of, of mine and a friend of the show, Mike, um, talk about this, actually it was last Sunday, that there are different types of doubt. I never really had categorized it separately, but he talked about their circumstantial doubt and then their spiritual doubt, and there's a huge difference between the two. And so what circumstantial doubt is, we're going to spend this first part talking about it, is circumstances that happen in our lives that cause us to have doubt. Things like, is God there for me? Or God, why did you let this happen to me? 
God, where were you? Those types of things that, that kind of have you question that relationship a little bit. Right? And, and it, it's questioning God's intent or is this really what you want? There's stories in the, the Bible that kind of echo that. You talk about Gideon. You kind of threw out the fleece one day and said, oh, I don't know if I still believe you. Let's throw it out again to make sure I have some doubts. And, and when you really look at the core of several of the stories in the Bible, doubt filters in at some point. So, Vinny, I want to start with you. Has there been a time for you that you've had circumstantial doubt, that the circumstances in your life kind of led you just to a questioning place with God? Yeah, right now, <clears throat> where I'm at, I think everybody out there knows that I'm a pretty old guy, and I'm blind, uh, virtually blind anyway in one eye, totally blind in another. And I pray every night, every morning, and I always end up with a prayer like me personally talking to God. And right now, my eye is getting worse and worse for the last two, three months, and I'm getting this, yeah, where are you hanging out? Pass by. I need you. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's uh, I need you bad. I don't want to be shut out. I got to take care of Nancy, who is blind. So there mm-hmm. is doubt, but I never lose faith. I know that he's going to be there again in what capacity I don't really know but I I think what he decides for me uh, will be a good thing yeah and I think that you hit the nail on the head when you were saying that it doesn't diminish my faith no right doubts that don't diminish my faith can actually increase faith it could be a seed for it I think sometimes our our doubts come from when things aren't working out the way we think they should. You know, God, you're not doing this the way I think you should do this. And so far I'm going to doubt instead of saying, okay, God, what's your will in the midst of this? You know, and that's really hard to do. It's incredibly hard to do because I want what I want. I don't know about you guys, Robbie. I'm sure you're pretty good about not wanting what you want, aren't you? Yeah, and and as it turns out, pain is an amazing teacher. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, it's a real school that, that a lot of us go through um, mm-hmm. in order to navigate our faith and, and it will for it to become real for us, something that we can hold on to where we knew he showed up in our pain and where we can then set down a, a sort of an altar in our life to say, well, this is, this is where I know that it happened for me and it's real and it becomes a testimony. I'm actually going to play a clip along those lines and a little bit of backstory on this movie, if I can remember what the, oh, Doubt is the name of the movie. How hard is that to believe? Um, But it's about, in a very, very high level, it's about a lady who's the principal of a school, and a a new pastor comes in. It's a a, um, Catholic school. They're nuns. And she's very, very rigid. She's very, very rules-driven, very, very legalistic. And she doesn't like the way this pastor, this, this priest that's coming in, is acting with one of the students. He's getting too close to this person, and uh, it makes her uncomfortable. And so she kind of sets off on this uh, mission to kind of bring him down somehow, you know, using the the legal lease, the legal ease of, of of scripture that you can sometimes take and twist and turn. And I want you to see where her approach leads her. Now she's the older nun in here, and you can tell by her voice she's a little older. Talking to the younger nun about her faith. Oh, 
visit sister. I have doubts. <laughs> I have s such doubts. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of interesting to me when, as I listen to that, Sam, it, you remember the in Le Miserable, the 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 chief of police who was so legalistic, mm -hmm. and when he saw what Grace did through Jean Valjean. It totally destroyed his world because it shouldn't operate that way. The law should be, you know, the way that things work. And so, like it says in Romans, that, you know, in Romans 7, that the, that the, the mind is a slave to the law, but the flesh is a slave to sin. So, praise God, there's a third alternative to walk in the spirit. Mm -hmm. But this poor lady, as was the case of the, of the officer in um, Le Miserable, they had become a slave to the law. Mm -hmm. and, and they think that that law somehow is going to provide or protect freedom, and, and it doesn't. And, the, and if that doesn't work, then where do you go? And that's where she's, she finds herself mm -hmm. completely empty because the law doesn't have any spirit in it. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. And, and taking things, and when you see that echoed in, in the Pharisees. Oh, yeah. The Pharisees, you know, lived by the law, and they missed that Jesus was in their midst. You know, and they, they missed the whole deal there. And so we can get so set on things that it, that are rigid, that we're rigid about, that we don't have flexibility with God. And then all of a sudden we find that we've really missed what he's trying to do, which is bring us salvation, bring us freedom. Al, can you think of a time that you've kind of battled some circumstantial doubt in your life? Oh, there was a time before I was in this message when I didn't, I knew that God was powerful and I never doubted his ability or his power, but I doubted my self-worth. And I think that really came from ignorance. And the more I grew to understand who he was, the more I grew and understood what it was like to be fathered by God, then things changed for me. So when I think about those times, I kind of, I look back and I just think I was so foolish, but until we take the time to get to know him in a relationship, we don't really understand. We just think he's some, you know, powerful entity in the sky. But you missed all the, the love and the kindness and, and the joy that you have when you actually interact with him in, in Bible study and prayer and just in your daily walk. Yeah, he's just sitting up there making decisions. Yeah. Right. And, and that's, for me, I'd like to say that it was a, a black and white moment. It's really not for me. I, I should have been named Thomas. And at the end of the day, I think I should have been named Thomas because I find myself in places of doubt. And I, I really enjoy the fact that you're not wired that way, you know, because we kind of offset each other and I can give you a hard time. But it, it's really kind of cool. But for me, it's, it's just a lot more gray, you know, and I feel like I find myself in the gray all the time. You know, and in that That's gray. Not Fifty Shades, is it? No. <laughs> no, it's. it's okay, oh, I was checking. Bad yeah. Joke. yeah. <laughs> Al and that <laughs> reference in the same token, no, that's, that's not good. The, uh, but to just being in that gray just produces doubt when you have lack of clarity. And so what do we do? How do we know that when we've let that go from a point that it's okay to a point that it's went too far? 
a, a point that potentially could be of, of no return. You and mean like if it robs your joy? When it starts to rob your joy and it diminishes your relationship, that's when I think the red flags need to go up. It, uh, it starts there, but do you let it continue? See, the, the enemy wants to take circumstantial doubt and get you to a place of spiritual doubt. And when we come back, we're going to talk about the difference between those two because there's a huge difference. You find yourself in circumstantial doubt all the time. You just don't want to find yourself in spiritual doubt. We're going to come back. We're going to talk about that learn more about spiritual doubt and also talk about is doubt contagious? Join us when we come back. This is the sound of E. coli splashing around in raw hamburger juice on your cutting board. And it looks like mom just put the tomatoes and onions on there, too. Don't let E. coli mosh with your food. An estimated 3,000 Americans die from a foodborne illness each year. So always separate raw meat from vegetables on two cutting boards. Keep your family safe at foodsafety.gov. Brought to you by the USDA, HHS, and the Ad Council. You can always come up with an excuse for not visiting longtermcare.gov. Oh, I forgot. Game night. After all, who wants to admit that one day they will be, you know, old? Hey, do you see any crow's feet on this face? I don't. But since 70% of older Americans need some kind of long-term care, why not do some free planning now so you can stay in charge? Visit longtermcare.gov and find your own path forward. Welcome back to Masculine Journey. We are talking about doubts today. And honestly, Robbie, you just kind of changed something for me. I don't know that I'll use that term gray anytime soon because I will have that image. So I'm just have to say it's unclear, it's opaque, it's cloudy, it's muddy. Blurry. Very blurry. Yeah, all those things. But I think I'll, I'll stay away from the gray reference. Uh, that's a good idea. Yeah, that kind of ruined it for me, but thank you. Uh, we're, we're talking about doubt today. And it's easy to find doubt in this world. Watch the news. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it doesn't take long to really question lots of things. Doubt in our political system, which I think we all have at some level, regardless of which side of the coin you're on, you have some doubt in the system, having doubt in our judicial system at times, or in our church leadership, or in our work leadership. Right? And there's things that happen and there's doubt, but this is, we're not talking about doubt of others. What we're talking about today is doubt between you and the Father. Is there doubt there? And is all doubt bad? Is, is doubt a sin? In the last segment, we talked about circumstantial doubt. And you guys both shared, Vinny and Al, about some circumstantial doubt. But, Robbie, I want to ask you, have you had some opportunities for circumstantial doubt in your life? Of course, Yeah. I mean, moment by moment. <laughs> yeah, yeah. A, I was just naming them off, getting, getting crushed between two cars, falling off out of a tree, shooting your thumb off. Oh, Answer. yeah. And, uh, <laughs> aneurysm. All sorts of things um, in family and finances and all sorts of different opportunities. The cool thing for me, though, is that I, for me, they drove me deeper when I found myself there. It was like, Wow where are you in this and when he showed up i saw some stuff that that i hold on to to know that, that you know that's my god and it's my story and in sharing that other people get hope when they're in similar circumstances if you think about job and you think about robbie 
<laughs> you could you could make a case that God has been trying to prove that you are the ever ready bunny of faith because you take a licking and you keep on ticking. Well, that's Timex, but you tried. I tried. Yeah, that was kind of great. But when you th- <laughs> oh, don't go there. <laughs> but, but when you think about it, if when I look at your faith, there is no doubt in my mind that you are strong in your relationship with the Lord. But each time that that happens, you cling to him tighter. Did you ever wonder in each one of those is what are you doing? What are you doing to me? Oh, and 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 that's the the joy of the journey for me is that I I chronicled all these in my Bible and my journals and I used red pens at certain times when I had great doubts. And so when I go back and I look through certain Bibles that I have cuz I have a number of them and I see that red ink, I know where I was, you know, in the middle of my brain um infection. I had a lot of doubts and I found myself where in the Psalms where um, David talked about his wounds were oozing and whatever. And I, and I can see that written in red ink right there. It's, it's a treasure for me. It's part of the way that I can recall the, the relationship and how he came in that school of pain that, that, that you know, was the author of my faith to some extent. So, so you had a brain infection as well? Yeah, that was actually the, the brain uh, abscess. Is that, that 55 shades of yeah, gray matter? Yeah, yeah, you see that big hole in my head right there? That's where that wow. one came from. Wow. Like 55 hard, shades of gray matter. It's hard It's hard <laughs> to move past the hole in Robbie's head. Um, it kind of explains a couple things. But for me, I think that I find that even though I have doubts at time, and probably a lot more than I should, you know, that I should ever have, that on the other side of that doubt is those opportunities for great growth opportunities for a closeness to God that I never had before. But if we don't go that direction with it, the enemy wants to take us in the other direction and take us to a place of spiritual doubt. And I want to have Al tell a little bit of a story that really will help us understand the difference between circumstantial and spiritual doubt. And Al, if you'd share the story we talked about earlier today. Sure. Billy Graham, when he was young, um, was picked by Charles Templeton and another gentleman. And they had a, a started a youth for Christ ministry and they traveled all around the world. And at that point, Templeton was a very renowned public speaker and definitely overshadowed Billy Graham. He was still in the beginning stages of this. And I believe it was England, but they were in a theater there together and they were showing film footage of the Holocaust. And it was at that point that Templeton said, if there is a God, how could he allow this to happen? And after much, um, distraught uh prayers he just made the declaration he was an agnostic and walked away from it and when you see a man of that great faith steps away you know i think that rattled but but he spoke about billy graham and said that he did not believe in mass uh, evangelism anymore but he said if ever there was a man who believed in what he did that believed in his faith with as much innocence is necessary it would be billy graham and when he used that term innocence i thought about that there's a tremendous amount of faith in innocence it's not till you start eating from the tree of uh, knowledge of good and evil that you start getting the doubt when you're living the eating off the tree of life you know there's not a whole lot of room for that and robbie you you taught me that you know there's things that i think happen in all of our lives living in a fallen world where we live, living with broken people, living with our own brokenness. Not that all's lost. God's here. Jesus is 
saved us, but we're in the midst of sometimes a very difficult time. You know, we're behind enemy lines, and there's opportunities all along the way for these moments of truth where, you know, something happens, you lose a loved one, or something happens to one of your children, you know, any of those kinds of things. And you look at that, and you, you, you could say, okay, God, where were you? How can you even be there? Or can you turn and say, God, I don't get this. I'm mad right now. I'm angry. I don't know why you didn't help here. But then take those questions truly to him instead of away from him. And that's a great point because in my faith, I didn't realize that he was a a loving father who wanted to walk with me every step of the way. You know, you and I were talking about that. When we doubt his love for us or whether we're worthy, you know, we don't recognize that either he is who he says he is and has the ability to make everybody a first priority or he's not. And if he is, then we have to embrace that, that, that he does love us. We are a first priority, every single one of us. When I realized that, my life changed dramatically. I mean, the joy in my life changed. I never understood that relationship of a father-son uh, to the extent I did when I got, was fathered by God. Mm-hmm. And those doubts, a lot of times, are part of our Christian maturity. You know, you'll go back and you look at Peter, who denied Christ three times in the story of the rooster crowing. At some level of that, there's doubt. There's doubt in Jesus. There's doubt in my relationship. There's doubt in the Father. There's doubt somewhere. But when you look later in Peter's life, when he's really matured, I mean, there's nothing he won't do because he knows God's there. And God's always been there. You know, I've always thought about that. When he was crucified, he, at the moment he was crucified or being led to the cross, he said, you've got to do it upside down because I'm not worthy. How much, look at the, when he denied Christ, look at how much faith that took that I'm not going to be crucified like Christ. I'm not worthy of that. Mm-hmm. He recognized that deity and how, to him, how, how important that was. I'm not going to spend a whole bunch more time talking about scriptural references of doubt, but there are a few more. You got John the Baptist that kind of doubts who Jesus is. Are you really who you say you are when he's in prison? You got Abraham that somewhat doubts God or he wouldn't have told all those people that his wife was his sister, right? Because there's, there's some level of um, not belief there. But we're going to trans, um, transfer over to another part of the topic. So I'm going to play a quick clip and come back and talk about it. Is our doubt contagious? And this is from Jonah Ark. And Robbie, if you could set it up real quick. Sure. This is the scene where Jonah of Ark has traveled to come tell the king and his spiritual advisors, the, the people in the church, that she's been sent by God. And of course, this girl shows up and says she's going to relieve the siege of Orlean. You know, they're not buying it. And so it's, it's rampant doubt that's going on here. And what exactly was this vision wearing? I don't remember. He gave me good advice. During your childhood, do you have any sort of military experience? No. Are you practiced in the skills of swordsmanship? No. But I'm good with a stick. (laughs) Do you know what a Dijon Culverin is? No. It's an item of artillery. How can you expect to raise the siege of Orléans if you're ignorant about modern artillery? The road to Orléans is long, and... I have good captains with me. I will learn fast, believe me. We would like to believe you, Jean. But we feel that if God wanted us to believe you, he would have sent a sign with you 
So, can you do something? Show us something? A sign to prove that you are sent by God. I did not come here to perform tricks. You are all much cleverer than I am. I mean, me, I, I, I don't know A from B, but this much I do know. That while the people of France lie bleeding, you sit around in your fine clothes trying to deceive me, when you're only deceiving yourselves. You say you are men of God, yet you do not see his hand in having guided me through 500 leagues of enemy country to bring you his help. Is that not proof enough? Do you still need more signs? Give me an army. Take me to Orléans. There you will see the sign that I was sent to make. As you listen to that, Robbie, as we're starting to wrap up the show a little bit, there's there's rampant doubt, right? Is that what you're hearing in the background? Yeah, it's fascinating, but that's rampant faith now. Her standalone, you know, it was contagious, the doubt, but then this one person's faith and her clear vision of what she felt God had put her on, and that is the most documented person of her time a girl who had nothing going for her. She didn't have her parents there. She was 18. You know, in that society, she was nothing. But if you want to study the history of the period, there's no person that was written more on than Joan of Arc. And it was her faith that led France out of the tyranny that they were under. There are times that we're going to have doubt. Robbie, you're going to have more doubt sometime in your life, aren't you? No, like tonight. <laughs> yeah, tonight. <laughs> Al, Vinny, we're all going to have doubt, and that's okay. As long as we keep it between us and the Father, and we keep taking it back to Him, that we don't take it and and turn other people's minds away from God, or that we don't let our hearts be stolen and taken towards the enemy. We don't want to let that circumstantial doubt take us into spiritual doubt and lose all the things that God has for us in our life, the joy, the peace, the things that come in the midst of this place we call earth and this battlefield that we live on. Thanks for joining us, and we'll see you next week.